Hello and welcome back to the Locked Up Sports Podcast. Today our episode is going to look a little bit different while we're doing NFL draft grades. This week we're doing the NFC North, but as you can probably tell, I'm Quinn Benson and I don't have a co-host today. Unfortunately, schedules conflicted. We tried our best, but some things just don't work. We're going to get back, and we're going to be better than ever when we do our top five rankings for defense. That will hopefully come out on Thursday. Um, once again, schedules can conflict, but we're trying very hard to bring you content. And I have uh, the draft grades of Jake uh, in my hand right now. But we're going to start, like every podcast, with doing the Packers, then the Bears, Vikings, and finally finish up with the Lions in this controversial uh, NFC North uh, draft classes. So let's start by talking about the Packers draft class. With their first pick, they trade up to get Jordan Love, a controversial pick, probably the most controversial pick that we will have in today's draft. But honestly, we need to be talking about how Jordan Love fits into this Packers scheme. Now, out of Utah State, a lot of people have compared him to a Kansas City hopeful and superstar Patrick Mahomes. But is Jordan Love Patrick Mahomes? Obviously, in going into his junior year, Jordan Love was very hyped about him coming out of that sophomore slash junior season. And really, when his coaches left, he had to fend a new scheme. Darwin Thompson was gone. We didn't see the same Jordan Love, which is scary, but at the same time, when going through these different changes, it's necessary to understand that not every player will fit in every scheme, and that's the nature of the NFL draft. That's why if, let's just say, a a great player like a Patrick Mahomes didn't go to the Kansas City Chiefs, there's no telling where he would be right now, but... Jordan Love goes to the Green Bay Packers, and they pull what they did 10 years ago, 12 years ago, with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers is, if you go back and listen to my draft grades, uh, not my draft grades, our top five grades for the offense side of the football, one of my top quarterbacks. I still think he's a great player. He hasn't shown much drop-off, and quite frankly, his injuries haven't very much so plagued him. Uh, for the future. So when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, he's under contract for the next three seasons. You're not going to get Jordan Love on, or four seasons. You're not going to get Jordan Love on the field that early unless you trade Aaron Rodgers or cut Aaron Rodgers, or you just start Jordan Love over him. Now, Jordan Love does have the arm strength and the runability and the improvisation of a great player, but I don't know if he can consistently do that. This is a scheme that we've seen fail Um, This is a scheme that we've seen succeed in this new kind of um, Packers era, let's just say, with Matt LaFleur. Now, what Jake has to say about this pick is he loves his next Mahomes. And honestly, if Rodgers develops him right, but shouldn't have taken a wide receiver. So Jake is really getting at the soul of this right here. He's saying that the Packers, while Jordan Love is a great player and Aaron Rodgers mentors, Jordan Love correctly, it still may not necessarily succeed. 
because right now the Packers have a window. They could have taken a wide receiver. They could have taken one of the best wide receivers in T. Higgins, but they didn't. They took a quarterback, a non-position in need. Are they building for the future? Is Guntz being an idiot right now? Well, let's move on to their next pick in A.J. Dillon. They try and help Aaron Rodgers, but they hurt Aaron Jones. This is a running back room that is, quite frankly, very, very good. Um, it's a running back room that's constantly improving, and Aaron Jones was my sixth best running back. When Go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't. But A.J. Dillon is a slow power back. He doesn't really add a lot. He can't catch. He rarely has big plays, but you still took him. When your biggest position in need is wide receiver and you take two positions that you're, quote, building for the future, I don't know if that's necessarily going to help you. But they do take uh, Josiah DeGura, a tight end out of Cincinnati in the third round at pick 94. He was force-fed the ball, though, at Cincinnati. And the NFL wanted to see him at fullback when he came into the combine. It'll be interesting to see where he plays. If he does line up at fullback, which the Packers currently don't have one, but what DeGura really doesn't have is the the tight end body uh, of the past, which we'll get to more with um, when we talk about um, Cole Komet. But right now, Josiah DeGura, I don't see as a great player. Then they follow that up in the fifth round. They take a round off in the fourth with Kamal Martin, a linebacker out of Minnesota. This is a player with bad technique, and his height, weight, speed are there, but he has on and off injuries, and you wonder if those are going to wear on him. Once again, you go to John Runyon, who is their next pick at pick 192, a guard out of Michigan, whose father, John Runyon Sr., was one of the best guards in the NFL at his time. He was the highest paid, but I don't see John Runyon making the roster. Yes, he's agile, sort of, but at guard, the agility, especially if you're modeling your, your running backs out of A.J. Dillon, you want a power guy, and John Runyon can't really offer you that. Then they follow that up with Jake Hansen, and Jake Hansen is, quite frankly, a pretty dang good player. I like him, but I don't know if I like him a lot. Once again, he was in this uh, offensive line, which was highly considered one of the best uh, in Oregon. He was a four-year player who earned uh, all Pac-12 all mention every season. He's experienced and competitive, but I don't know if he will make the roster because of the depth that the Green Bay Packers have. They sign a six-rounder just recently to a four-year contract in uh, Simon Stepiniak, who, yes, he's great, but he tours ACL. This is a draft class that doesn't make a lot of sense. He's concerning because he's bigger and stronger but he struggled against the technique. I'm talking about Simon Stepiniak here. When he was transitioning into guard, which is where the NFL wants him to play, well, or sorry, when he was transitioning to tackle, where the NFL wants him to play, he never played there. But guard, he struggled against finesse moves, players who had better technique with him. He couldn't just bully them around uh, in that Indiana Big Ten area. So you start to wonder if all these offensive linemen that they're trying to use may not actually end up making the roster. Now, there's a need there, but these players don't seem to fit the scheme, and we'll get to a team later who I think mastered the offensive line. But did they master scheme? And like we want to go back to Jordan Love, 
this scheme is continuously uh, more important in the NFL with schemes varying from system to system. You can't compare a, let's just say, John Gruden scheme to a uh, Brian Flores scheme, right? They're totally different. Or Mike Zimmer scheme to a, a Patrick Mahomes and, and Chiefs and Andy Reid scheme. They're they're so different. And, and actually, as I'm recording this, Justin Ross is out for the season with a neck and back injury. This is a player out of Clemson who was highly touted as one of the best wide receivers coming in next year's class. That's big. That is very big that he's out for the entire season. Now, of course, with coronavirus, it's not sure if there will be a college season, but if it does happen and Justin Ross is out, you start to wonder what he's going to do next season. I mean, this is a guy who I thought is a top three wide receiver. I mean, you have Jalen Waddell, of course. You have Jamar Chase. And then I think it's Justin Ross. Um, there's a plethora of other good players. And next wide receiver classes, we talked about this one being so stacked. But next one is more top-heavy. But the talent is almost better. Let's finish up, though, with this Packers draft class. Um, Vernon Scott, a safety out of TCU, was the last pick. He has decent size but limited production. And he probably won't make the 53-man roster unless he makes his impact on special teams. But – what Jake has to say is that he didn't know why they didn't t- take a wide receiver. And Pittman would have been great. But would Pittman have fit this scheme is the end of the question. Would you have ever found a player that would fit this scheme better than a T. Higgins? And personally, I don't see that. I don't see A.J. Dillon bringing that much of a better uh, a better player to this team. I don't see any interior defensive line, which is where they got run all over and lost in the NFC championship game. They take a linebacker, but on and off injury and bad technique may plague him at the next level. This is a horrible draft class. In my opinion, you don't get any players that can help you right away. And that's why I gave this a D minus. I think this is one of the worst draft classes that we will see out of a team. That's almost super bowl ready. If not super bowl ready, Jake gave it a C plus. Uh, he thought, if not for the long-term thinking, that this was definitely a D. So we're in the right uh, state of mind here. I just see, with Jordan Love having five years under contract, are you only going to pay him two, pay, or pay him, play him for two years, and then send him off and not let him play? It really doesn't make any sense. So I give it a D, Jake gave it a C plus. but let's move on to, oh, sorry, I'm scrolling down right now, Jonathan Garvin. Uh, he's an absolute steal, actually. Uh, I'm completely sorry about this. Uh, out of Miami, he played next to Rousseau, which would definitely help him, but his burst was unbelievable, and that's actually what saved it from being an F in my eyes. This Jonathan Garvin pick, I actually see as one of the best picks in the draft. I saw him as maybe a fourth rounder, a third rounder. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they play him right away. I definitely see him making the roster though. So let's move on to this Bears draft. So this Bears draft is Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, and then a whole bunch of nothing, if I'm being honest. Uh, Travis Gibson, a defensive end out of Tulsa, is in the fifth round. Another fifth rounder, Kendall uh, Vildor, a cornerback out of Georgia Southern. He's small, old, and I'm not really a fan. But then they do get someone uh, in Darnell Moody, who is an incredibly bursty player at the wide receiver position, kind of this Joe Reed that you guys hear me repetitively talking about. But will he have an impact? I mean, he's not physical. 
He's kind of scrawny, and he gets tackled very easily. Not a break tackle ability like a Chris Godwin, which we once again talked about on that Wednesday podcast. But they follow that up with Arlington Hambright, a guard out of Colorado who played at Garden City Community College right here in Kansas. And he's physical before he's agile, which would help. But they run a scatback scheme, an outside zone run scheme. And if you're getting a physical guy, you want to run a power run scheme. Once again, this fit doesn't really make sense. So these only two picks, and I agree with Jake here, and he said the same thing. Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson are the only ones worth anything. But look at this tight end room that the Bears have. I, I really honestly urge you to look it up. It is crazy. I mean, Cole Komet out of Notre Dame is, I think, the ninth tight end that they have on roster. They have three tight end rooms in one, two to three tight end rooms in one. I wonder if Ryan Pace is on the hot seat. Because after this draft class, only getting two good players, players that people saw going later, uh, Jalen Johnson, I know a lot of people thought going earlier, I, I thought he could go to the Bills at 54. That would have been a little bit worse, but Christian Fulton was on the board, man. Christian Fulton fell to pick 31, and we'll talk about him next week when we get to the AFC South, but this is a player who really is a smart and instinctive guy, but his athletic skills and his injuries plagued him. You know I love Utah guys, um, but I wonder if this is one that can really fit into a Bears defense that already has Kyle Fuller, that already has Eddie Jackson, and it'll be interesting, honestly, what happens with this draft class that the Bears have. I say uh, that it's a C. Uh, I think Jake likes Cole Komet a little bit more than I do. I like Jalen Johnson as the better player than Cole Komet. Cole Komet is kind of this retro thinking of a tight end. He's not really a giant pass catcher, but an inline blocking type of guy who will pop out on play actions and things of that nature. You can send him on, you know what, uh, block or, or chuck the guy in front of you, then go out, roll in the flat. So I give it a C. Jake gave it a C plus. Not a lot of notable uh, players coming out of this Bears draft class. As far as the Vikings go, I think this is the draft class of all draft classes. I mean, they were stacked. They, of course, trade Stefan Diggs, but they get Justin Jefferson, who should have never been there. If Justin Jefferson was really, really there, I bet he was there in one out of the 50 mock draft simulations that these teams do. And they do more than that. But one in 50, I bet you Justin Jefferson is on the board of 22 because who would have thought that Jalen Rager, a player played by drops, would go to a team whose fans literally meme their team because their players can't catch the ball. So with just Justin Jefferson pick, his route running can improve, but that's honestly it. And then you follow that up and you get Jeff Gladney, a player to replace Xavier Rhodes, who was an all-pro guy. I mean, Jeff Gladney is a scrappy player. His size aren't there, but his ability to to uh, almost like I talk about with Noah Gwynogny, trace the wide receiver so well with his hips and his ability to jump and get the ball are so great. They follow that up with an Ezra Cleveland, who a lot of people saw. Maybe he goes in the first round at at a pick eighteen uh, to the um. Sorry, to the Cowboys, they move someone else inside. Zach Martin, can he play center for once? I think he's a great pick. He's a bigger guy. Cameron Dantzler, longer arms, player right here out of Mississippi State. Uh, this is a guy who, Mello, you can listen to talk him talk about it on Stick to Football. 
was a player who was a second rounder in a lot of senses. His length, his ability to compete with the wide receiver in press coverage was really phenomenal. DJ uh, Wonham out of South Carolina was their next pick. And when talking about DJ Wonham, I think it's very, very important to talk about how he played after his sprained ankle and came back better than before. He finished with the ninth most tackles for loss in 29 and a half in school history, but he never eclipsed a, a lot of sacks. This is a guy who will help you stop the run, but maybe he's not getting a ton of pressure. He ran a 4.73 at the combine and had 20 reps and 34.5 inches on the vertical, but all that really doesn't it doesn't spark your interest tremendously. Um once again, I see him in a 4-3 scheme as a run stopper. I think that he fits in. You know, Daniil Hunter, we, we can talk about this all, all the time. He's a guy who is a, a 24-year-old, I think, 25. And he seems like he's been in the league at, at 19 years old the entire time with his burst and his ability to stop the run and get to the passer. I, I hope DJ Wonham really learns from Daniel Hunter and can develop this pass rushing. Once again, never more than six sacks in a season. That's three seasons that he played. Um, and then James Lynch was their next pick, an interior guy who I really thought the Panthers were going to draft because of the uh, uh, Matt Rule. Sorry, name won't come to me for a second. So this player is a, a smaller arms, but his ability to rush the passer from the interior as well as stop the run is phenomenal. He's a smaller, smaller player, but at 21, his age is not really a concern like we'll talk about later. And I really think this this fits the fits the mold for them. Troy Dye, uh, he actually, his comp for me was uh, Anthony Brown, or not, not Anthony Brown, uh, Barr, Anthony Barr, a quick guy. He was plagued by injuries, but in the fourth round, I'm definitely taking a risk on him. A couple other notable players are Nathan Stanley, a quarterback out of Iowa. This was probably a late quarterback that I'd have really, really wanted. Uh, his skill can can spark some interest. And then uh, KJ Osborne, a wide receiver out of Miami, who transferred to Miami in his final year, but he does like oomph. However, his ability to uh, get the possession catches of three, four yards, I think will really help this team who struggled and rotated wide receivers throughout the year. So all that being said, they take Harrison Hand, uh, Josh Metellus, Kenny Willekes, who's also a great defensive end out of Michigan State, Brian Cole, who I really hope out of Mississippi State can become an uh, elite special teamer. All these players may not all make it, but when you're talking about a great first half of this draft class, this has to get an A from me. And, and Jake really thought a lot of the same stuff um, when he was talking about a whole lot of picks, he said Jefferson is a top three wide receiver in the class and an excellent pick. He also gave it an A. So that was a team that I think we both view as, I think this is one of the best draft classes that we'll see. They get positions of need. They help stop the run, which is so uh, rampant in today's NFL in terms of the NFC with some of the great teams there. We see the Packers loading up on them. We see... Uh, well, the Packers got beat by them by the 49ers in the NFC Championship. So I want to end this by talking about the Lions draft, which was, well, a draft class that had me a little bit odd. Um, this is the team that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about doing offensive linemen right. 
But at pick number three, they take Jeff Akuda, who is an all-pro cornerback immediately. I think he is one of the best cornerback prospects. He is the best cornerback uh, prospect that I've scouted. He is quick in the zone. He knows and is instinctive. He's also able to have the prototypical body of a cornerback that you would want. DeAndre Swift is a running back that they took out of Georgia who – Honestly, for, for better or for worse, I don't think fits this scheme. Your best players are in the interior when you're talking about Frank Ragnow uh, and then who they draft later. But DeAndre Swift, to me, is an outside runner. So when you're looking at your tackles right now, and I believe they still have Taylor Decker, he's who's running behind. But Taylor Decker, I, will, I would want to play to my strengths. That's why I saw J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor as a better pick here. But, you know, the pass-catching ability, in my opinion, of DeAndre Swift is slapped on. And I think playing him on third down, maybe carry on Johnson is your inside runner. You get an outside runner. Run maybe an eye formation with two running backs or whatever it may be that they come up with uh, could be interesting. Julian Acora is their next pick, a linebacker, but more of an edge out of Notre Dame. This is a player who is a stronger, not a bursty player, but is able to convert speed to power uh, very well. I think he's more of a run stopper at the end of the day. I don't know how he's going to fit in this scheme. I think he has a lot to learn from Trey Flowers, uh, if that can happen. I don't know if Trey Flowers is ready to teach him, though. Trey Flowers is uh, still only 28. And Jonah Jackson is their next pick, uh, guard at Ohio State. And then they follow him up with John Simpson, an offensive lineman out of Clemson. That rhymed, uh, didn't mean to. Logan Stenberg is a guard that they took out of Kentucky in the fourth round. And then Quintus Cephas is this wide receiver out of Wisconsin that I want to talk about a little later. But these three offensive linemen I love. John Simpson is a strong, strong player. Logan Stenberg is your guy that you want next to uh, Frank Ragnow, a bully. The, uh, look up a picture of uh, Logan Stenberg. I, this is a guy who I thought should have gone much earlier. A player who, yes, as not agile and may not play to the strengths of the Andre Swift, is still going to do damage. Uh, John Simpson is the same way, but I think John Simpson has quick feet. And then Jonah Jackson, a player who had some injury history at Ohio State but was consistent when he was on the field. I think this guy slots in as an immediate starter, and I would hope to maybe try and transition John Simpson to tackle. So you really start to build up this offensive line if you get Jonah Jackson, John Simpson, Logan Stenberg, and uh, Frank Ragnow all on at the same time. This Quintus Cephas pick I really want to talk about, though, because this may be uh, my most controversial pick in how I feel about this. While Quintus Cephas uh, had allegations against him the entire time that he was in college, they were non-guilty. He was not uh, convicted for any of the crimes. Um, you guys can research that in your own time. But it's six foot one and two hundred two pounds. Quintez Cephas, I think, is a top ten wide receiver in this draft class. I think Quintez Cephas has the ability to be a pristine route runner at the next level. I think he has the ability to be an outside or an inside um, wide receiver. I think that he honestly plays so great against the press that. Even Jeff Akuda uh, called Quintus Cephas the best wide receiver he faced during his time in college. So when you're looking for a guy maybe on your dynasty league for fantasy football to, to take, Quintus Cephas 
is one that I would love. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. are great, but they need a third wide receiver, and I think Quintus Cephas slots in beautifully to be that third guy. Uh, let's let's continue though with this draft class. I think that there's a lot more to talk about in these last three picks with Jason Hundley, uh, Jashawn Cornell, and John uh, Penasini out of Utah. You know I love my Utah defensive linemen. Like Lecky Fotu, John Penasini was able to stop the run and, and rush the passer at a unique clip. Uh, Jason Hundley out of, out of New Mexico State was a 1,000-yard, 40-reception, 11-touchdown guy. Uh, insane production. He's a little bit smaller at only 5'9", but he's, he has the weight at, at 193 pounds. He's a great explosive player and will probably take the place of Ty Johnson on the roster. But when you're looking at a guy in the late rounds that I think can be productive, while not in a position to need yet again, they, they swing and they hit. Uh, they hit hard, in my opinion. So that's kind of how I view the draft class. For Jake, he viewed this draft class as one that is not incredible but not poor. He gave it a B grade. He said Kuda is the best corner of the class, and it was a good draft. But the front office and coaching staff uh, may not have a lot of picks in the future. And I think this is as goes for all teams uh, in the NFC North. I think a lot of them are failing on the hot seat right now. If you look at the Packers – Maybe not. Maybe they will be next year because they're looking so far in the future. Um, if you're looking at Detroit, I don't know how long Bob Quinn's going to be there. Uh, I think this draft class is great. I gave it a B plus, but when really thinking about the long-term implications of this, they, these classes, I think the only one that hit the mark and a team that I view as the leader, leading contender out of this division next year, while I do think there could be two teams if the Packers really step it up, coming out of this division for the playoffs is the Vikings. I think the Vikings nailed this. They've prepared for the future while also having the now. And I think they hit this draft out of the park, especially looking at these other teams. Yes, the Lions, in my opinion, got a lot of good players, but they weren't at positions of need, and some of them didn't fit the scheme. Also, you're wanting that when you have the third overall pick to hit on your first pick, and Jake and I both agree they did. So this was an interesting podcast. I think that there's a lot to dissect in this class, and hopefully Jake will touch on what happens Um, when we get in our next episode, but it was fun talking to you. I know this is on the shorter side, but I really wanted to get it out to you all. Um, Once again, I went A uh, for the Vikings. I went D minus for the Packers. I went C for the Bears, and I went a B plus for the Lions. For Jake, he went with a C plus for the Bears, a B for the Lions, an A for the Vikings, and a C plus for the Packers. So that's all I have for you guys today, and really, really, I hope you all enjoy our podcast. If you have any ideas, let us know on our socials at LockedUpKC. Uh, I'm at Quinn Benson on social media, and Jake is at Jake underscore Degnan. Once again, he'll be back. Unfortunately, we couldn't get um, our schedules to mix for this one. It's our first episode. Tell us if you like this format. Uh, We'd be able to get a lot more episodes out if it's just solo episodes. We'll try and have more guests on because I know you guys love those. They get more listens, to be quite frank. And um, I'll see you guys all in the next one.